This is the Dexter First Pentecostal Church Podcast. Dexter First Pentecostal Church is located at 1213 North One Mile Road in Dexter, Missouri. Our current service times are Sunday morning at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Today's message is entitled, The Product of Despair. It was preached on Wednesday, January 27, 2021 by Pastor Jeff Wells. We hope and pray that today's message is an encouragement to you. Corinthians chapter 4 beginning at verse 3 Paul's writing he says but if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them for we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. How many are thankful for the light of the gospel? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, and it is in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Aren't you thankful that the source of power is not you, but it is him. Amen. Praise God. And then verse 80 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Hallelujah. I want to tonight, I want to focus in on the latter part of verse number 8, where Paul says, we are perplexed, but not in despair. I want to kind of bring it from both angles, but I want to end it amen, with this subject, and that is the product of despair. Amen. If you go where God says we're not, amen, it'll produce something in you that you don't want to have. The product of despair. God, we love you. We thank you this evening, God, for your presence. We're thankful for your word, its power, its authority. And Lord, today we just ask once again, that you will anoint our minds, that we will hear, that we would receive your word. Give us understanding. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Amen. We are living in what I think I could describe as despairing times. Amen. Uh, I'm not here tonight to focus on gloom and doom, but I just want us to, rem- to be reminded that we are living in a, in a difficult day. Amen. Um, I wish that I could preach to you tonight that if you'll pray hard enough, then you'll never have any troubles. I wish that I could say tonight that if you commit yourself to the way of the Lord, then your life will be perfect and plush and just easy, but that is not the case. Amen. We live in a time where there are difficulties, and we live in a in a time of our uh, of our society where there's a lot of chaos. Amen. 
I came across something uh, today that uh, uh, some say in, in that or would say that gone are the, the America's glory days. Uh, of the 70s, the, the have a nice day, yellow smiley faces of the 70s. Or the don't worry, be happy anthems of the 1980s. And the just do it slogans of the 1990s don't seem to hold as much sway as they used to, uh, of course, in these troubled years that we've met so far in the 21st century. I, I found a company, and this is a legit company. I, I come across an article, and then I went ahead and did a little research to find out if it was true. But there is a company that's called Despair Incorporated. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it says, while some companies peddle pithy uh, motivational materials, Despair Incorporated markets a line of demotivational products. All are designed to feed the collective angst of a depressed populace. <laughs> Amen. Um, I, I've got a weird uh, sense of humor sometimes, so maybe, you know, just d- b- bear with me, would you? For instance, they, they offer products, and, and these products they call uh, demotivators. Amen. And uh, they are uninspiring products of collections of trinkets and treasures. And one thing is you can buy a coffee cup from Despair Incorporated, and on that coffee cup it'll have the words, this cup is half empty. <laughs> that way you know. Uh, they also have a, a clothing line that is called Despair Wear. <laughs> you can get a t-shirt that has messages like this. I expected times like these. I just didn't expect them to be so bad, so long, or so frequent. Anybody want a t-shirt? Or what about a decorative wall mural uh, that you may want to consider? They have a, a, a gigantic wall poster that is that of a lightning storm. And in it, it reads, every cloud has a silver lining. But lightning kills hundreds of people each year who are trying to find it. I think it's funny. I'm sorry. It's bad, but I do. Um, or, or you can have uh, another with a dark sunset, which reads, Despair. It always gets darkest just before it fades to pitch black. <laughs> All right. Now, you, you, you probably have walked in, in places of business, and they'll have these, these posters, and it'll be of a beautiful landscape, and it'll have, like, inspirational quotes on them. They, they have their version of it. I want to... I want to just show you just a few, if you'll bear with me. One's called Inspiration. And it says, Inspiration. If you find yourself struggling with motivation here, try to picture yourself suddenly unemployed because you might be. (laughs) Isn't that horrible? Or, Or what about this one, Work. When I was told I had to pull my own weight around here, I didn't realize that it included everyone else's. I love this one. This is terrible, but it's called The Sky is the Limit, and it's a picture of an ostrich. Too bad you can't fly. <laughs> I love, I'm sorry, it's terrible. This was pretty good, too. Never give up. Never give up. Never stop trying to exceed your limits. We need the entertainment. Oh, a couple more. I'm sorry. Here's another one. Failure is not an option. It's your destiny. And then here's one, social media, social media. We, we bring the people of the world together so you can watch them tear each other apart. Isn't that horrible? That's Despair Incorporated. 
Amen. We laugh at it, and they are. They're, 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 they're puns and, and things of that nature. But you don't have to go very far, and, and that's reality, despair. Amen. And when Paul's writing here in, in 2 Corinthians, he tells us that we have a treasure in earthen vessels, that this earthen vessel has within it a treasure. The treasure's not the earthen vessel. The treasure is what resides within this vessel. And that is the very treasure, the Spirit, the presence of God, the Holy Ghost. See, when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you, you, you have Christ within you, the, the hope of glory. And, and it's what we hold on to. It's what we, we believe in. And, and that's why when at the end of our life, and amen, it, it's, it, you know, the Bible talks about how, how, how beautiful it is in the sight of the Lord, the death of a saint. And, and, and I know it's, it's a time of mourning for us when our loved ones pass on. But when they've had a treasure within them, we actually can rejoice at their passing because we know that what they have within them is going to elevate them one day. Amen. Is what makes this all worthwhile anyway. Amen. But Paul says that, that in the meantime, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. And then we are perplexed. Everybody say, perplexed. But we're not in despair. I want to read you the amplified uh, version of that verse. It says, we're hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled, oppressed in every way, but we're not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments, and we are perplexed, and unable to find a way out. But we're not driven to despair. Amen. Paul here is saying that I, I'm not trying to, I'm not discrediting, I'm not saying that you don't have problems. Matter of fact, they can be so severe that you cannot possibly, within your own means, find any way of escaping them. That's how bad things can be. That's how perplexing they are. But even when, they're, when you cannot find a way out, you're still not driven to despair. The word perplexed, it, it's a, the Greek word, it's a compound word. It's two, two Greek words make this one word. And, and one of the Greek words is the, is the word for no. And the other word is the word for way. So perplexed means no way. You have no way out. You, there's no way that's gonna, you're going to make it. There's no way that it's going to work out in your, in your behalf. That's what perplexed means. And I believe here tonight that those of you that are here and those of you that are tuning in, you have been in places in your life where you've been perplexed. That everything around you, the circumstances that are just, I mean, they're, they're, they're screaming at you, are telling you there is no way you're going to get through this. There's no way you're going to get out of this. Uh, amen. Uh, but the Bible tells us we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. It means to be at loss. Matter of fact, one definition talks about to not have any money. I've been there, amen, where, where I, I couldn't, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And, and I'm telling you, that's a depressing place to be because a lot of times, well, in our world today, if you don't, if you don't have money, you're not going to eat very well. Amen. There's pressure that's on you when, when it comes to those kind of times and situations. Amen. One who is perplexed is one who sees there's no way out. And again, every, pro every one of us here at one time or another has been in situations life 
has produced situations where you, you, are, you are at that moment, at that point, and you simply could not see any option or any way out. But Paul makes the point, although we're perplexed, we're not in despair. The word despair, it means to be in great doubt, to be in a great difficulty. It means to be utterly at a loss. Amen. Where, where if I were to just boil down the word perplexed, it means to be at a loss. But despair means to be utterly at a loss. Amen. And Paul says you may be at a loss, but you're not utterly at a loss. Amen. What Paul is saying, amen, is it may look bad. And, and I'm not trying to tell you it don't look bad. But what I'm telling you, it's not so bad that God still can't show up. It's not so bad that even God himself is not able to make a way. But we serve a God tonight who is able to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. Mark 10 and 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it's impossible. Amen. If it were up to you, you would be in despair. Your, your perplexed situation would cause you such a way that you had no other way to get, a, get, get through it. Because with men, it is impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Amen. I have always been someone that I have just believed God can. I, I, don't, I don't understand how he does it. I don't even understand how he's going to do it. I just believe he can. I had a, a conversation this last week with a gentleman, and, and, and he was asking me, he said, do you think the Lord could do this or that? I said, man, you're asking the wrong question. You're asking if God can. Yes, God can. There's no, there's no limit to what God can do. The question we ought to ask is, God, will, will God? Now, that's, we don't always know the outcome of that. But as far as if God can, yes, God can do anything. Amen. Psalms 129, verse 2. Amen. D David writes, he said, Many a time have they have afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. Amen. I, I, again, I, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but... Uh, even in living for the Lord, there are tough days. There are times, amen, where we feel, as Paul said, we're perplexed. We can't see no way through this. But just as David said, many times they have come and they have afflicted me ever since I was a youth. But they have not prevailed against me. Amen. There's, there's been troubles and there's been opposition, but they've never been able to defeat me. I've been perplexed, but I'm not in despair. Amen. Psalms 124 verse 2 says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their wrath was kindled against us. How many here can say that? If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, I, I could not have made the way. I didn't know what to do. I was up against the wall. I was, I was pressed between a rock and a hard place. I had no way out, but God somehow made a way. Verse 6 says, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. <laughs> God is faithful. 
Lamentations 3 says, it is, the, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah 54 to 17. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Amen. No, didn't say a weapon wouldn't be formed. It just says that that weapon would not accomplish its task. Amen. The word formed there, it, it, what it, when it's talking about a weapon, and we, we see this, but, but I mean, it's not for our benefit. It is to hurt us. It is to damage us. It is to destroy us. As, as again, the purpose of, of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. But, but no matter how, how good he makes his weapon, no matter how, how strong of a strategy he may have, he may form the weapon, but because of the goodness and the faithfulness of God, that weapon will will not prosper. It will not accomplish its task. Amen. And then one of my favorite verses, Isaiah chapter 43, in verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you go through those rivers, they won't overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. I'm telling you, church, we, we wouldn't have a chance had it not been for the Lord. But that's why that's why Paul said we have a treasure in earthen vessels. And we may be perplexed, but we're not in despair. Now here's, here's my point here tonight. Amen. Perplexity. Times of great pressure. Times of intense scrutiny. Times of which the enemy turns up the intimidation. When we are at such a point of, 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 of almost despair that, that we, we just we simply cannot see it, nor can we feel anything God is doing, we got to be careful because perplexity can produce something called shame. Amen. The word shame defines its feelings that are associated with failure, disgrace, and embarrassment. You ever been there? Amen. Well, let me explain it this way. Sometimes your circumstances scream at you failure. Amen. And possibly even your peers may even interpret your circumstances as being failure. That feeling of failure, that, that feeling of disgrace, embarrassment. I remember when my wife and I, amen, when we... We're pastoring in Marble Hill and had been there almost 13 years. God had been very good to us, very kind. Our children, basically, that's where they were raised. I don't know where it came from. I didn't ask necessarily for it. But I began to feel the Lord telling me that it was time to move on. I don't know how to explain it. I wasn't upset. I wasn't mad. The, the church actually was doing very well at that time. It didn't make any sense. Her and I, we, we wrestled that, that very thought for, for, quite some, for several months, actually. Amen. Didn't know what we were going to do. Had no really place to go. And it just didn't make any sense at all. Amen. And when we finally found or felt that it was God's direction, it was His guidance, and at the, during that time we, we were able to meet Brother Leg. And, so anyway, we made the decision that we would resign and Amen. We resigned. I'll never, I, you know, my, my memory, I, I was October the 5th, 19, or 2011, 
when I stood before the church and I resigned and gave them, I said, we're going to be here for three months and we're going to wait and help you get a pastor. And so we went through all that process and we watched as a pastor was elected and Amen. The church in Hannibal were going to come down and they were going to move us. And, and we, we, we knew we were fixing to go and we were going to live inside of a church in an apartment, all five of us in one, one apartment inside of a church. One apartment. All five of us are going to live in this one apartment. Amen. And uh, did I say it was one apartment, right? All five of us. And uh, one bedroom. It was... It was I, I, I knew it sounded crazy, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm a, pretty much an open book, and I remember it was a January the 3rd, 2012, they had already moved our stuff up there, we had, we had to stay here for, for reasonings, and we were driving in, it was a really, really cold night, it was dark, I pulled into 75 Terrell Lane, Hannibal, Missouri, amen, my wife was in the Explorer, I think she was ahead, no, I was in front of you, you were behind me, I was by myself in my little truck, I pull in that park, and, I, and then all of a sudden, reality, it's a one-bedroom apartment, and we're all going to live in here. It's a church. You know what I started doing? I started bawling like a baby because I thought, God, what have I done? We left a beautiful home. We left a very stable setting. And I thought, God, I, I, I really, you know, I mean, we, we knew we felt it was you. And I remember thinking, and, I, and the reason I'm saying all that is because I had, I had peers who told me, have you lost your mind? At that moment, I started wondering, have I lost my mind? Hey, man, we, 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 we moved in that night. <laughs> we didn't have to move in a lot because you couldn't fit much in there. And we stayed, we stayed there, and I remember we had took a position in the church. We got paid $400 a month. And... Uh, the house that we had in Marble Hill, we thought it was sold two weeks before we were ready to go to move. Our, our buyers backed out, and so we had, a, we had a mortgage payment that we had no way of paying. And I began to think, God, what, what have you done to me? I, I really did this because I thought it was your voice. And I remember not knowing what we're going to do. Amen. We had had a little bit in savings, so we were able to pay our January payment. But then February was coming, and we had no money for a payment so we called the mortgage company to let them know, listen, just wanted you to be aware, trying to be kind here, uh, you're not going to get a mortgage payment this month because, well, we didn't say because, why, we just, we just going to let them know you weren't going to get one. They said, oh, you don't have to worry about that, you're paid up a month ahead. I said, honey, don't ask any questions, hang up the phone, we're going to receive that in Jesus' name. <laughs> but the problem with it was March was going to come again, and here we were, wondering what we're going to do. I remember we were we literally was we had nothing we had no money we I I, I was inside the, the the apartment that remember the apartment that's in the church that's where I was and I was so, I was I was getting to the point where I was getting frustrated and I, I mean I hear I, I mean every day I'm in the sanctuary I'm weeping I'm crying I'm praying I'm I mean I'm 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 desperate I'm perplexed and I, I remember walking in in that apartment that was inside the church that's across the hall from the sanctuary. I walk in there. My, the kids are at school. My wife is there, and I am. I've had it. I'm. 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 I'm to the point where I'm fixing to cross over into despair. I'm so mad, and I. And I. And I, I'm, I don't know the exact words I said, but they were to this effect: "What have I done, Tara? Why are we here in this apartment inside this church? What were we thinking? We ain't got nothing. I was just letting her have it, but it wasn't really directed. It was directed to him. I mean, I'm just going at it." 
And in the midst of all of that, I'm like, I'm like here I was supposed to meet with an assistant pastor in a town 30 miles away. And I, didn't, I couldn't go because I, don't have, I ain't got no money to put gas in my car. I was just, and, and while, I'm, while I'm just like giving it all I've got, all of a sudden there's this knock at the door. Oh, good grief. Here we are in this apartment inside. The Why don't they just leave us alone? So then I put on my face, my mask, open the door, smile. Hey, how you doing, man? And it was a sound man. Amen. <laughs> and he looked at me, and I, I, he could tell I wasn't being real. He said, Brother Wells, he said, I, uh, we just got our income tax in. And uh, as I was cashing that income tax check, God spoke to me and told me to come and give you this. And he put in my hand a wad of cash. I remember at that moment, I lost it. He thought I was crazy because I just started bawling like a baby. Because here I had just been telling God, I'm fixing to cross that line that was from perplexed to despair. And you've just basically called my hand. And I remember that day thinking, okay, God, I guess you do have me. And can I tell you tonight that he does. He did. It was a long trying journey, yes. But all of that was God was putting us in a place so that we could come to a place called Dexter, Missouri. I didn't see it then, didn't know nothing about it then. I wouldn't have believed you if you'd have told me then. But God was working it out. But God proved to me, there's no reason, you don't have to go to despair. I've got you, even though you're perplexed. But see, it's in that time when you're so perplexed, you've got to be careful. Because it's so easy to cross that line into despair. It really is. And it's only by the grace of God that I didn't. And it was a few, matter of fact, several years ago, I was able to go back to, we went back and preached for Brother Leg, his last pastoral appreciation service. And I, I remember I, I chased down the sound man. I said, hey, i got to tell you something. You, you may have thought I was crazy, but do you remember when you, and he started shaking his head. He said, I didn't know what was wrong with you. And I explained to him what, what was going on. He started weeping. He said, I didn't know what God, why God had me do it. But I'm telling you, it was of God. Amen. you got to be really careful because that, that perplexity can produce something called shame. Shame, never, nothing good comes from shame. Shame is not of God. Shame is not something that God produces. Amen. It comes from within us. We read the story in the Word of God about about Abram, Abraham's nephew Lot. Amen. Lot and his group of people and Abraham and his group of people, they weren't getting along. And so Abraham comes to Lot and says, you need to choose a direction you're going to go. And whatever direction you choose, we'll go the opposite direction. That way we can, you know, we won't have any trouble. And so Lot chooses the well-watered plain of Jordan. The decision made, made perfect sense. It was, a, it was perfect, really, for all of his animals that he had. But but what, what he didn't understand or what he didn't realize at that moment was that that, that, that direction that he took, amen, would take him, would, it, would, it ended him on a road that he would have never imagined. It was a place that he really never really wanted to go. I believe that. In Genesis chapter 13, we read in verse 12 that Abram, he dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and he pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom, we know this, they are exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. 
Amen. That's where Lot, uh, he put his tent in the direction of, he's not there yet. See, that's why as a pastor, uh, you may, you may think, oh, pastor, you're, you're, you're being, you're being too paranoid. I'm not being paranoid because I can see the direction. I know you're way far from Sodom, but just the fact that you're pointing in the direction of Sodom, it's going to put you in a place that you really don't want to end up being. And so that's what happened. Amen. The story of Lot in Sodom, it doesn't end well. Amen. God's judgment comes and Lot and his wife and his two daughters, they, they have to flee. Genesis 19 and 17, it says, And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in, in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. That was their warning and Amen. Also, in that story, of course, Abraham intercedes for them, but that's a whole other message. But, but Lot has been given mercy. He's been given grace to get out of Sodom. And so he, he, he goes and they start making their way out. Amen. And, and it was there that, uh, uh, that, that the Bible tells us uh, that they were told to not look back. But on their way out at some point or another, uh, his wife turns back. And we know the story. She turns into a pillar of salt. I believe that somewhere in that arid desert, uh, amen, by now it may be just a little little bump, but there she still is uh, because she looked back. Uh, there's nothing worth going back to. There's nothing worth uh, turning around and going back to where God brought you from. It's mercy and it's grace. You need to keep your mindset going forward. Forget those things which are behind you and reach forth to that which God has for you. So they make it out. Amen. He loses his wife. But here's where it gets really messed up. Amen. After Sodom, after God rained brimstone and fire upon Sodom and destroyed these cities, Lot's daughters are in such despair. Amen. And they're, from their perspective, they're, they're, there's nobody else. Amen. There's no way that they'll ever have a husband. And again, I don't even like reading about this story. It's just, it's just sickening. Amen. But if you've, if you've studied your Bible, you, you know what I'm talking about, that Lot's daughters... Amen. They conceive a child from their father. It's incest. It's disgusting. I mean, I, I, when I'm reading, I, I feel dirty just reading it. I mean, it's a horrible situation. Why would they do that? They, they get Lot drunk and both daughters, amen, conceive from their father. It's disgusting. Amen. But you know what it was? They were despair. What else? What are we going to do? We got to do something. There is no place in Scripture where somebody feels perplexed and says, I got to do something. Chances are what they do is wrong. Ishmael was created because Sarah felt she had to do something. God's made a promise, but he ain't fulfilled it yet. So, so, wait on God. Amen. God's never failed his promises. And I promise you this evening, he ain't going to start with you. I know, well, it's so easy. Well, what's your other option? Your other option is to cross the line into despair and then do something really stupid. That makes a bad situation even worse. But here's what happens. 
his daughters who conceive a child. The Bible tells us that both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He's the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the people of Ammon, the Ammonites to this day. You know what the Ammonites became? They became a constant enemy to the Israelites. They were a royal pain in the backside to Israel. And that was a product of despair. Moab wasn't much better. In Psalm 60 and verse 8, Moab is my wash pot. That's how, that's how God characterized him. Amen. He, he, he was, one translation says he was, he was reduced to the vilest servitude. Amen. There's no glory in Moab. Amen. But Moab is a product of despair. You better be careful. You say, but pastor, I'm, I'm perplexed. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm up against a wall. I, I ain't got no other way to get out. You better wait on the Lord. Hear this preacher tonight. Don't you make a decision because you feel the pressure that you got to do something. You better wait on God because God can do anything at any time, at any rate. He can turn things completely around. He don't need, He don't need even need 24 hours. God can do it. I'm going to, Ruth chapter one. We're introduced to a family. It came to pass in those days that when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah. I love that definition. I told Bruce earlier. Bethlehem, Judah. Bethlehem means the house of bread. Judah means praise. You know what we better have in our church? We need to have fresh bread every time we gather. Amen. I, I, I'm telling you, church, I, I don't download these off the internet. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I, I, I'm trying to give fresh bread every time I, I, I come up behind this sacred desk. But also, we better have praise in the house. We need, this needs to be a house of bread and, and, a, and a place of praise. Amen. But the, guess what? The famine came. And that famine caused them to dwell in a country called Moab. Here they are in Moab. They would have never been at Moab had not Moab <laughs> been a product of despair. It's a beautiful story though. It's a sad story because the Bible says that the name of the man was Imelech and the, wife, the name of his wife was Naomi and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion and Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. They went to the country of Moab and remained there. Imelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And then her sons, Naomi's sons, they die, Malon and Chilion. Amen. So the, women, the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Amen. Verse 6, though, she says, She rose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Amen. Here's the good part, the good news of this story is... 
Amen. We've been perplexed. And I'm going to tell you, there's probably some of us today that we have crossed that line into despair. We found ourselves in a place of Moab, which is a product of despair. But even when you're in Moab, guess what? God can still speak to you. It was in, it was in Moab that Naomi had heard that the Lord had visited his people. Here's the good news. Amen. You may cross the line into despair, but with God, you can always go back. Amen. And believe and trust the Lord. God is full of mercy and grace. Hallelujah. Amen. We're, we're, get, we're landing. Amen. I shared, I think I shared this story. I can't remember. I don't keep as good of notes as I need to, I guess. But a guy named Gilbert Beers, he was a, a former editor of a publication called Christianity Today. And uh, he talked about his great, 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 great grandma. Catherine Du Bois. It was in 1663 that a band of Manix Indians, they came out of the Catskill Mountains into a settlement there in New York State. And they took captive several women and children, including, of course, Catherine Du Bois. And they had her infant daughter, whose name was Sarah. They were held for 10 weeks. Amen. Before the natives decided that they were going to burn them at the stake. She was on that stake bound with ropes. Catherine, her daughter, and all all of her future generations facing certain death. But guess what? Catherine, was she perplexed? Yep. Get the image. She is already bound to the stake. There's not a thing she can do. There's no, she can't get out of this one. There's no way out. She's completely perplexed, but she did not despair. She didn't curse her captors. She didn't curse God. But you know what Catherine did? She started singing. <laughs> Isn't that sound familiar? Paul and Silas were in prison. Many stripes had been laid upon their back. And at midnight, they began to do what? Sing. <laughs> did God hear their, their song? Yes, he did. And guess what? God also heard Catherine's. Amen. She started singing a song based on the, the Psalm 137. It's in verse 3 where it says, For there those who carried us away captive asked of us a song, and those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And so she started singing. Fascinated by her joyous response to her very dire impending fate, they demanded that she sing more songs. Amen. So more and more, they they wanted to hear more of the songs that she was singing. And as she lifted her voice to heaven, her praises were not only heard by God himself, but they were also heard by her husband, and the search party who for 10 long weeks had been in pursuit of her. She was perplexed, but she wasn't in despair. If one of us that tends to be cynical, if we were on the neighboring stake and we heard Catherine singing, what would we think? Well, Catherine, what do you think you're doing? You know what she was doing? She was saying, I'm not in despair. I may be perplexed. 
It may not look real good right now, but I'm not in despair because I serve a God. Amen. Though mountains may be before us, amen, I'm telling you, we're going to see a victory. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to produce something in despair, but I'm going to hang on to God and I'm going to trust Him that He is a God of His promise. (laughs) Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I know tonight, from those who are here, those who are tuning in, you, you, you have situations where, I mean, it's, it's one of those that, God, if you don't, if you don't step in here, this, this, this whole ship is going to sink. Hey, I know I've been there, and they're not, they're not, that's not a pleasant place to be. But please understand, what you, how you respond in those moments are vital. Amen. Because that one decision... Not only will it produce heartache for you, but it will produce future heartache for the generations as the Lord tarries. I'm telling you, friend, I want to get a hold of God, and I don't ever want to let go. Amen. No matter no matter how perplexed I may be, I want to know today, I'm not crossing that line into despair, but I'm going to trust that God is who He says as we stand here this evening. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. He goes on and explains that Catherine was the narrow neck of the funnel where her heritage and her legacy would meet. She could not have known that her decision about how to die would tell her succeeding generations how much about how much they should live nor can we today hallelujah amen can we understand that some decision that we make today how it will affect generations to come amen who cares about one woman chooses to die in a lonely Catskill Forest. Who cares? Let me tell you, eight generations have cared. Amen. And if the Lord tarries, another eight will care as well. My concern today is that I will faithfully fulfill my role. Amen. As that narrow neck of the funnel for the faith of some young man or young woman. Amen. In the years in the future, as the Lord tarries. God help me to not step over into despair because you will produce things in your despair that I'm telling you, you don't need in your life. Amen. This evening, if, you, if you're facing circumstances, by all means, I invite you to come. Amen. Cast your care upon Him for He careth for you. But we've got others here today. We've got some that are not here tonight. They are facing some very difficult situations. The enemy is attacking. And they are at a point where they don't know what they're going to do. I know they got to be the one to make the decision. But I would wonder today, is there anybody willing to come in and stand in the gap? Amen. And intercede for them that they too could hold true and trust that God is who He says He 